Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, episode 5. We have Druzy here. I cat it like crack addicts. <laughs> and uh, Majid Main Challenge. Alright, so for today's topic, we are talking about um, secret societies. Secret societies that rule the world, quote-unquote. Yeah, we hear a lot about those. So, and they it's, are, a pretty, it's a pretty... It's a pretty significant topic. Uh, it's pretty well known throughout anywhere you go in the world, really. People all know about it. And it's a topic that has a lot of history. So we just wanted to highlight all of that and how it ties into our everyday lives, believe it or not. So, yeah, we feel like it's an important topic to, to discuss and bring, uh, bring light into. So, uh, all right, Hundred Man, you can, you can start it off and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So, so the first one um, is the Knights Templar, right? Which is like the oldest one, founded. That in, is the yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the old one, founded in shoot a thousand one hundred eighteen. Huh? Isn't that high as well? That number? That's pretty interesting. You know what high is? No. So high is. And oh, the letter high from the Hebrew. From the Hebrew, and it founded in eleven eighteen in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. So the Knights Templar pretty much uh, originated during the Crusades, and if people aren't familiar, the Crusades were a bunch of battles, religious battles between Christians and and Muslims back back in those times to control pretty much the Middle East, mostly Israel. So Israel kept getting conquered by either side, and then either side was imposing their own religious will onto the country. And, well, honestly, to be to be sh- uh, completely honest, I'm not 100% sure if it was developed during the Crusades. I just know that they were participating during the... They were there during during the Crusades to, um, for whatever reason, for to impose their missions, I guess, to, to spread Christianity. That's what... That's what the main mission was, but... Uh, people think that they had an ulterior motive. You know, spreading Christianity was just like the cover, what a lot of people think. So, yeah, so that's pretty much a small taste of, like, the history of the Knights Templar. So, so the Knights Templar, right? As far as I know, and I've been reading a little bit about this, the the spread of Christianity, while it was their, you know, goal on the paper they were they were very wealthy because they have conducted other businesses just based under their name first of all they invented the first banking they were helping with travel because they were offering protection and yes, they were charging commerce, a lot. commerce. Mm-hmm. they were charging a lot of money for it right um and uh it was a very wealthy uh organization, organization. absolutely yep yeah, that's that, that's definitely true. Uh, that's how they had so much influence uh, was because they were spreading spreading their power. I mean, they were increasing their wealth. Essentially, that would increase spread their uh, um, okay increasing wealth. That would spread their influence, and that's how they pretty much got through from Europe into 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 the middle east and spreading influence that way so of course at that especially those times you must have had a lot of connections and wealth in order to do that 
Yeah. So so they had a they were on a decline when they lost the Holy Land, also known as Is uh, Kingdom of Israel back then. Um, yeah. But do we have any proof that they're still out there? There's still people gathering together and making these decisions on how for, I guess, how to control the world? Do we have any proof, like, like solid proof? Of course, no. If we did, you know, these societies wouldn't be secret anymore, right? Like, they would all be well-known, and who knows what might have happened then. These societies are secret for a reason. Do I personally think that they still exist today? Yes, I do. Because it... To me, it's like they, you know, they were getting too powerful in Europe at the time, and to the point where even like the king, the the monarchies back then were kind of getting worried. Like these these people might be more powerful, you know, than me, than the king or a queen that that controls a country. So eventually, I I feel like the monarchies kind of turned on them. Because they were scared, they they wanted to solidify their power, their own their own. They wanted to consolidate their own power. So they started killing them off, and then you know these guys just the Knights Templar just started disappearing into the night. But I I still think, like me personally, you know I could be wrong, but I still think that they do exist today in some way, shape, or form. They might not be called the same thing. They might have transitioned into another name or another domain, but I I still do think that they're around for sure, and they are kind of calling the shots, kind of from the from the back alleys of the the, the corners of the world, if you will. Let's see. Okay. So so moving, can we move on to the next one? Sure. Yes. Sure. So so this one is actually a well known one. And I was uh, researching a little bit, and people, uh, this is actually, people don't deny that it exists, which is the Freemasons. And they actually have a, uh, what is it called, a lounge or lodge back in France. The original lodge that has their numbers, the Freemasons' numbers, they... Was it France or England where it originated from? It was France. It was France? Okay. Hold on, refer... Uh, I believe it was France, because they still have their... Um, their lodge there. Hold on. Well, they have lodges, remember, all over the world, but... First one. The first one, I, what I was... What I thought I read, maybe like a while back, I, I could be wrong, was... It originated in a bar somewhere in England... And originally, it was just a it was just a group. It was just like like kind of like a social club for like really smart guys to get together and just kind of kick back and kind of BS, you know, and enjoy enjoy some 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 bro time, some testosterone time with their bros. And and then from there, it kind of morphed into like this what we know today now, like a secret society that's highly secret that not everyone can enter just like that that has its own rituals and customs and and you know etc and etc um but yeah what i, what I thought originally thought it was it started in england but hey if you're saying france then okay sure 
it it could have been either one because back in those times, a lot of things got got messed up between countries. So I mean, they're they're close they're close by to each other. Yeah, I I read it that I believe it's it's France. I just got to read it a little more. But yeah, I, I've heard it's France, and I saw the Grand Lodge. I know they had several lodges. Well, the Grand Lodge is located in. Ah, uh, is in England. You're right. You're right. Is in England. England. Okay. Okay. I, I thought yeah, so. Right. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I figured because uh, I see it right now. Freemasons Hall, London. Yeah. Yeah, because logically, right? Like the main, and this is like a good segue. A lot, a lot of the main, a lot of the main members of the Freemasons were very prominent people. Like a huge chunk of them were our founding fathers. So Ben Franklin, the most famous one is obviously George Washington. George Washington was like an open Freemason. You know, every everybody pretty much knew that he was in it. Um, ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, you know, Isaac Newton. And originally all these guys are from, from, from England. So I, I, I assumed that's where it might have started. And I ended up being right. So, so that's good. Yeah. But yeah, Freemasonry, they actually don't deny that, uh, that the Freemasons... Uh, don't exist or it's a secret society they actually call it a fellowship which is a uh, kind of like a social networking uh, organization but and and they were showing actually interviews of people joining and basically they were saying how it's all about social networking they meet people but we don't know what's happening in the real the real who are the real freemasons and what's happening in their meetings but as far as we know as far as what they put out it's public anyone could join there is a rigorous process of joining but mm -hmm. it's uh it's just a networking thing which well that's what they say that's what they say, they say right yeah. like yeah i mean of course they're gonna have to say something they're not gonna say like oh yeah we 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 kill babies on their free time and stuff like that of course because people are gonna freak out like they they have to make it seem casual you know uh, family friendly hey we're just you know we're just a bunch of guys that kick it together but what i know for sure is in the freemasonry there's different there's, le there's different levels if you will different yeah. degrees and the highest level is a 33 degree uh freemason that's like the top of the top you're at the you know you're you're the you're the king honcho in in that in that specific lodge so you you call the shots it's just interesting to me, it's like when I think of the number 33, it has like a lot of significant things, like for me personally. So 33 degree Freemason, right? Um, I believe Jesus, he died at 33, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that is the that is the number when he passed away, when he was killed. Uh, I believe there are 33 uh, like vertebrates, it, not vertebrates, but like, I think there's 33 bones in someone's spine. Right, like from the bottom to the top, reaching from all the way to the bottom top top of the skull. There's like 33. Uh, what, what what do you call them? Like, I you know what I mean, like bones, but yeah, vertebrates. I don't know exactly. I don't think it's called vertebrates. It could be like discs or something uh, like that. You okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So in a person, there's 33, and you know, going back to like esoteric spirituality, like there's a there's a there's a saying that's like this sort of energy that's like kind of stuck in your in your bottom when you're awakened it kind of opens and goes all the way to the top 
It's called Kundalini energy. It has to go through those 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 chambers of your spine to reach all the way to the top. So someone could be fully awakened, like fully, like no no uh, blockages, fully in tune with himself, with the universe, with with everything around. So you know that's why thirty three is like a very like significant number, and I and you'll see it pop up every now and again throughout you know different different like interesting topics like the ones similar to the ones we're discussing now. I see. So, so the Freemasons had. I'm I'm looking through. Remember, so we had uh, some of the prominent ones. You said was George Washington. Yes, uh, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Isaac Newton. You know the guy who pretty much invented gravity. Uh there were a lot more, I'm sure, but these are just like the <clears throat> the most prominent members. Um, I can't seem to think of any others at the top of. But yeah, people in you know out of that share the same ilk like those guys in the same sort of class, like pretty much brilliant people that developed modern society that are you know founding fathers of one, of the, one of the greatest country in the world. That's one example. You know Isaac Newton, the guy who developed gravity. Yeah, so these these people contributed very highly into society, and yeah, the, the all what they all have in common is they're all members of this. Of this organization, which is which I find fascinating. Very interesting. Makes me want to join one. <laughs> yeah, right. Our, our local Freemason. Let's go yeah. down the block. <laughs> we got an office right down the block. I, I, I have a feeling they won't take us, but we could try. <laughs> I see. Okay, so so where do we go from here? So uh, I want. Do you, uh, you know, I want to hear also like what, what you would like, what you have to say about them. Have you heard anything and what do you know about them so far? So before we jump. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'll be clearly frank. It's Freemasons. There's a whole list of people. They got offices everywhere. I know they have a few different ideologies and lodge to lodge. There's actually... There's a lot of lodges variations. in the United States, and there's three variation of of um, their, I guess, rules. So, it's, but that's to it, be expected. You know, each lodge will have its own nuances. That's that's to be exactly. expected. That's One like is, you know, yeah. That's like yeah. when you go to different temples, churches, and synagogues. Every congregation has has its own thing that they focus more on, less on, etc. Yeah. So so the levels I saw, I saw the levels. Um, and they're literally, there's more decoration, basically, if you're a higher level. So, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm, I believe it is there. I, I can't really tell you much. It's just, I know but, that they're operating their behind existence. the scenes. I, I, I believe of their existence, yes. I know they're operating behind the scenes at every major um, event that it happens, or every major. Oh, so you actually be you, you believe that they're it's specifically them behind that? I believe it's to be honest. I I know a lot of them exist, but I believe there's one. Maybe they meet in one because from what I'm seeing, as far as the list of Freemasons, I just pulled up on Wikipedia, which is not a trustworthy source at all. Right. I'm but sure. it has a list of all um, members of the the Freemasons. And all these people that are United States-based, basically, who are in the United States, like the governors, the congressmen of Tennessee, of Mississippi, 
they're all Freemasons, but I, I don't believe personally that they are the decision makers. I believe there's might be a little might be four or five, six representatives of the Freemasons. And I believe they all get together, all these societies. They get together, they sit down and discuss world order. Like I don't I I believe they exist. I just don't believe that they're this public and I don't and this many members that there's so many levels now on this. I just I don't know. I just don't believe that that's what it is. What mm. what I do believe, which is actually pretty interesting, is the Skull and Bones one, Secret Society. If you don't mind that we jump. Sure. So that's Skull- one actually I'm gonna let you take that one because I don't really know too much about it. I just know that it started in Yale University. Um, it's kind of like a fraternity type of thing. And, and what I know is also that I believe George Bush, either senior or junior was, was, was in that fraternity. The rest, the rest, yeah, you, 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 you can lead it off. I would, I would love to hear it. So, um, hold on. So Skull and Bones, Yale University was created back in 1832. And yes, uh, both of the Bushes were in uh, Yale in Skull and Bones. Both of them, okay. Yes, William Howard Taft was in it also, which is one of our presidents. Um, One of our presidents, right. Yeah, so George Herbert Walker Bush, which is... is As a senior, that's senior. That's a senior, yeah. So there's a lot of people, and so this organization... So let me tell you this, Yale, right? From what I read up on it, basically, you get in as a senior to this only. Or, only as a senior. And the ceremonies, there's a, this, at the ceremony, or the ceremony is, or how they pick members, is you get a, a clap on the back. So the founding member, or the senior member, the whatever it is, the president, he basically claps you on, on the shoulder on at a, a party or whatever it is and that means that you are being initiated for entering the skull and bones now when you get to the skull and bones basically their promise is and what their requirements is is that of course you you have to be rich you have to have land and you have to give a piece of your real estate or something that's of value to the club, such as your property, your your valuable something very right. valuable. Any any type of asset that you have, you have any to type of asset to give it to them, and in return they offer you uh, that you're set for life. Basically, you will never well, be in need of money. Not lifetime membership, but they they guarantee that you will never be in need of money ever again. Right, so. I looked at it, and most of the members that that were there are prominent members of society, and they're the world's richest members out there right now. Yes. And the membership still is on. The Yale has many secret societies, but this is one of the uh, most expensive ones. Yet, with everything that is happening on the inside, no one's really doing anything. That's That's the funny thing. You know, having to give up your asset, you know, 
all these secret meetings. Yell is not, is and Yell knows about this, but they're staying kind of away from it, knowing the power that Skull and Bones have over what the world does. Basically, all mid major wealth is controlled by Skull and Bones, and that that was fascinating. It's a Yale University group. I'm curious though, since it's a college organization, right? It's college fraternity. Um, I'm curious to know, do they require members that are coming in to, like you said, provide some type of asset? Is it at any point in time after they're initiated or is it has to be before in order to kind of like, you know, give, give your part in order to, to get, to get your part? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it could be it could be either way, but I believe they hunt after these um the people that are from wealth and they know they would give up or the people that have generations of skull and bones in them such as That's George what I was Bush. thinking. Right. That's what I was thinking because think about like a college student even from a wealthy family, it's highly unlikely that he has any like any of those sort of assets that that they require, right? So I was thinking most likely it's like a generational thing. Probably his father or his grandfather who are already in the society kind of like initiates the next of kin to kind of, you know, join like, like they did. And at that point he kind of like, you know, donates to, to them, whatever they require of him. That's what yeah. I'm thinking because, you know, a college student, you know, at 18, 19, 20, very unlikely that they have any sort of like real estate or, or assets like that of that caliber. It's the parents. It's the family's money. Yeah, but you know, it's the family's money. Meaning, like, well, you're, you're okay. I mean, it could be. Yeah, you're saying like, like when they turn eighteen, they they give them everything, so they they, they do whatever they want with it. No, it's kind of a, a guarantee for the student for the for the family's child to be successful for life. And if the family already has wealth, they want that person to be successful, so they, they probably give it. I don't, I don't know, or they just know how, how it is. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, most likely they kind of, I think they arrange some sort of like, the, the, the father or the grandfather, they arrange it. So, you know, so they, they're the ones that provide the asset, and then their son is the one that gets initiated into the society and then, you know, gets in and then gets gets uh gets schooled on how it works yep so taft william taft was actually um the the founding member of it so yeah that's basically was, it did william taft did he get assassinated by any chance or that wasn't him uh, uh, this is interesting no, he wasn't. He wasn't, okay. Yeah. Thinking of probably, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot, like you said, a lot of the people that are in Skull and Bones are prominent, prominent leaders, specifically in government. They're either uh, governors, senators, presidents, like we had, we had two. So I don't think it's a, you know, it's a coincidence that 
that these these people that are in these types of societies end up getting such high positions in 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 ruling and governing. Yeah. So so the other member they have uh, John F. Kerry. Oh wow! Oh, he's okay. <laughs> he's the... yeah. Like he was the secretary. Used to be secretary of state. Yeah. Under Hill, uh, under I think Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, he he went for president as well. Right. Uh, I believe he was going against Bush. Was that is that right? Yes. Yes, it was. There you go. Oh that's wow, it. that's crazy. So it's like they so that could have been like rigged. That could have been rigged to guarantee been rigged. To, to guarantee a win. Yeah, it's like either way, whoever wins, you know, they win. Those people win. So wow, I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me. That's something. That's something interesting. Yeah. So Frederick Wallace Smith also was uh, part of it. And I'm just looking top 10 prominent members of Skull and Bones. He's actually the one who founded FedEx. Wow, really? So a top company. Yeah. So Dana Milbank. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't. She's an author for the Washington Post. Ambassador Roy Austin. So, All right, so it, it's it's safe to say that nobody that was a member, well, not nobody, probably very, very small percentage of people that were in the society ended up not succeeding, right? Is that fair exactly. to say? Yeah. Right, so that's the point. So pretty much if you're in, you know, you're set. The, these people will guide you through. Your brothers, your sisters in that group will make sure that you you, you know you're on the path that they want you to be on. Knowing this information, I should have went to Yale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you yeah, you should have, man. You know, but with that, without a scholarship, it would have been, it would have been pretty upset afterwards. You're right. If I didn't get the the clap on my on my back or the clap on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. So so yeah, those are those are the three. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, going back to the Freemasons, uh, I, I was speaking to the, about this with you earlier. Um, so if, if anybody is interested, they can definitely research this. Uh, if you look at Washington, D.C., which is the capital of our country, um, from like a map, from like a blueprint type of map, if you look at where all the famous monuments are, so Capitol Hill, the Federal Reserve, um, uh, I believe, some museum that's there I, f- I forgot what it's called the, oh the smithsonian um you know the white house if you look at it from a blueprint perspective and you kind of like draw a line from like cert- certain parts you know from point a to point b you will actually see freemason symbol sim- sim- symbolism there like freemason uh geometrics um yeah it's it's crazy when i when i saw that i, I was like blown away because you know that to me is like a hundred percent proof that you know freemasons had a part with this great country when they're creating it because that's kind of like you know them implanting implement you know implanting their their symbols saying like you know we are the guys that are you know that kind of came up with this whole idea of like america constitution freedom you know all, all the laws that we uh, that we value today so, so the Freemasons were actually stonemasons, right? They were, they were stone workers. Back then, 
people that were working with stone were very rich people because it was the time of building. So they were stone builders and they have what they built they built a lot of real estate in uh, in the United States when they came over here. I could definitely see that happening, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the point is, you know, they have a lot of sphere they have a lot of influence, they have a lot of money. And those two topics was what keeps them going even up up until today. Correct. So, you know, for these these societies, they they existed for a very, very long time, as as you pointed out. Going back to the Crusades, you know, going back to like the eighteen hundreds in, in, in England. So obviously I think, you know, now in the modern time, it's not the same, like it's not the same name, you know, it's, it's, it's not the, they don't do kind of the same things. Now we're, we live in the modern society now. So I believe they kind of like transitioned from, they still keep the same traditions, I believe, but you know, now they might be called something else, like a different name just to kind of get with the times. And what we were discussing is the Bilderberg group. The Bilderberg group is, uh, for those that don't know, it's a convention that happens, I believe, once a year in Europe where the same type of people, prominent, high-ranking high members of society, governors, businessmen, <clears throat> people that um, develop laws, people that are in Congress, they get together at this meeting and they discuss pretty much which direction the world is going to go. So, you know, if, it, if you look at it through that type of lens, then yes, this is a meeting that pretty much these are the people that control the world. If you want to, you know, say it so crudely like that. Um, Bilderberg, I'm not sure. Is it? Is it a? It's it's close to the public, right? From what I understand. No, it's a fixed 150 people. Um, 150 people. So, but I'm saying like like people in the public, they can't just go in and buy a ticket, right? It, um, it has, it, I, I believe it's by invite only. I invite only 150 invites, and uh, these people are from each country have a person that's representing at least one person from each country. Right. So, yeah, and to put it in perspective, you know, all these people that about these groups that we talked about today definitely have some sort of influence in politics that go on around the world, and that affects everyday people like me and you and people and you guys listening so it's important to, to you know to bring this to attention and to kind of if you can kind of see that the world is going in a, in a in a false direction kind of like a bad direction which it kind of is now with with what's going on pretty much everywhere you can kind of bring it back to these types of meetings like like the Bilderbergs or Davos Davos is another one it's similar to Bilderberg but um, yeah, so you could kind of bring it back to them, and you could see that these people pretty much decide which direction they want to take, take, take the planet, take the Earth. When it comes to policies, when it comes to trade, when it comes to to all these things, all these things that affect us. Agreed. So me and right, so me and Hundred Man wanted to bring this bring this out so that people listening can have an idea in case they didn't know. Man that what's out there and uh, do your own research look up online look at at uh, secret societies and uh, read deep on how they originated and who the members are 
and then but see the biggest, who they are today. Yeah. Right. The biggest bombshell though was when you said that uh a lot of the prominent members of our government were in these societies and you know how John Kerry, who was running against president against George Bush, were in the same club in school in, in college. You know, that just makes me think it's like, well, if this is one one case of that, how many cases like that are there out there? You know? We we just don't know about it. So that one election might have been rigged. I'm not saying it was, but it might have been. How many of them other ones are similar to that? All of them? You know, 10? If it's even 10, that, that's a shitload. Yeah. That just goes to show you that, yeah, this is all this is all this is all planned. This is all so, somebody who makes somebody makes the decisions and you know, all these presidents, all these leaders, they're just puppets. They're just they're just being controlled by strings by somebody in the background. And that's pretty scary, honestly. I don't know about you, but if that's the truth, it's pretty scary. So I'm looking at the list. That is very scary. Condoleezza Rice. You remember her? Yes, that's uh, George Bush's. Uh, she was in the Bush administration. She's part. She's part of the Bilderbergs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Then there's H.R. McMaster. McMaster. Yeah, he I I believe he's a general. Yes, he's a general. He was on Joe Rogan recently. U.S. National Security Advisor and Lieutenant General. So he's on there. So, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe uh, this list is... I, I still believe that there's a bigger power and a less people in control than this uh, meeting that happens once a year with 150 people that does, doesn't even include the president. Think of it like this, right? The people you're talking about that are in control, the very limited people, think of them as like a king, right? But these smaller groups of these meetings, like the Bilderbergs, they're still p- prominent people that report to the king, but like they're, let's say they're generals in their own right. So the king sends these generals to, to to these meetings to have these discussions. They write down whatever they learn, and then they bring it back to the king, or a.k.a. the person in the shadows, and then they make the decision ultimately what's the next step. Yeah. So I think, I think that's how it works. Okay. But all the, either way, you know, they're all interconnected in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's a complex issue. Which uh, we will never get an answer, or we will never know. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. And yeah, just side note, you know, this is all our personal beliefs. We are just, you know, kicking back, talking shit. Don't take our words for, you know, for fact. This is what we believe. And like, like Hundred Men said, please. Go do your own research. Look up things on your own. Get to your own conclusion by yourself. Don't don't take our word for it. Just do it on your own. And with that, I uh, I bid you guys farewell. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it a lot.